This episode is brought to you by Gabe and Jeff from Interparty Conflict, Fred on Fire, Evora Dawn, and Powerful Condor on Patreon. You can join them in supporting the show at patreon.com slash adventures in Aurelia. Hello, and welcome to Adventures in Aurelia, a podcast where five friends sit around the table and record themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Damien, and I'm the DM. I'm Krista, and I play Ariel, a divine soul sorceress. I'm Chantelle, and I play Kanina, a tiefling sorceress. I'm Chris, and I play Rim, a human paladin. I'm Caitlin. I play Tempest, a water genasi ranger. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. So, it is now July 17th, 2021. I don't remember the day, but we have not sat around the microphones together since September... Yeah, last year. ...of 2020. It was when they opened everything up. After yeah, we had like a initial. month of Washington State opening up before they realized like, oh shit, we're not ready for this. <laughs> so it has been a very long time since the five of us have sat around on the microphones together. Uh, currently, this episode is actually being done on new microphones. We are now using the Zoom ZDM1 paid for by and large by our patron supporters as well as my Twitch uh, supporters. Thank you Since so much. In that time, I have reached affiliate on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Damien underscore the underscore DM, where I do map making and then I play games with these two women. <laughs> that those two women would be would be Caitlin and Chantel. They also stream on Twitch. So to kind of get us reacclimated to recording and everything, we're doing something a little bit different this this uh, this session. Instead of doing a actual play session, we're going to be doing a bit of a Q and A and sort of origin story how we all ended up doing this because I don't think, at least on the podcast, we've ever gone over like how Adventures in Aurelia started. It's just our website if they read that. And that's even really bare bones about it. But before we get into the Q&A and everything, we do have a little bit of exciting news that didn't get the fanfare that it really deserved because COVID put us into a second hiatus after COVID put us into the first hiatus. And that is in that time, we have actually joined the Gunna Geek Network. Um, you can find them at gunnageek.com. And this is a network of geeky shows that focus a lot on things like comic books, TV shows. Um, they have the Gunna Geek podcast, which covers kind of things in the tech space. And one of my kind of personal friends through it, Stargate Pioneer, does the SP's Space Symposium because he is a actual rocket scientist and covers things that are going on in space. And I have learned a lot from Better Podcasting, which is another member of the Gunna Geek Network. And kind of as, as unfortunately things were slowing down, we got into talks of joining the network and officially joined during the, the COVID pandemic of 2020. And so we are now um, 
the first dedicated actual play podcast of the Gun and Geek Network. Because Just One More Fix does actual plays, but they are not an actual play show, right? Yes. Uh, Just One More Fix is another member of the Gun and Geek Network whose primary focus is tabletop RPG discussion and uh, reviews. They actually review a ton of tabletop RPGs. In fact, they are responsible for us playing 10 Candles. Like two years game. ago, <laughs> almost two years again. ago at this point, um, they reviewed 10 Candles. Uh, they actually did an actual play of it, and that is what kind of brought it onto my radar and got us interested in doing it. And they have done a another actual campaign style, actual play that was called Night Witches. I don't remember if that is the name of the system or just the name that they gave it. But primarily their the tabletop the RPG discussion. Night Witches is about the um, r- the Russian female pilots who did um, night raids, <laughs> bomb raids during World War II. They were like witches. But with kind of the the kind of fun announcements and everything out of the way, kind of the best way to start a sort of origin story Q and A is to kind of go with how we came together. And I feel like (laughs) I have to turn this over to Caitlin to kind of go over how we ended up being Adventures in Aurelia and how the five of us ended up in a room together. Well, after our son was born, we uh, realized we didn't have a whole lot of friends. And uh, Damien had the idea to start doing a game night. And so we started looking for people to join said game night and uh i had been at work watching critical role on my lunch break (laughs) and krista had seen over my shoulder (laughs) and was like hey my boyfriend watches that (laughs) she had absolutely no interest at the time i actually thought it was annoying very annoying (laughs) (laughs) and so when damien decided that we wanted to start doing a game night uh, Krista was one of the first people we thought of inviting. We put it out on Facebook and just general nerdiness because like Krista played Guild Wars 2 mm-hmm. and so we had talked about that because Damien played Guild Wars 2 and while I had no uh, personal experience with it, I was able to talk to her about it because I'd watched Damien play and Chantel I knew was nerdy too because we would talk about Minecraft at work because we all worked together. (laughs) And sometimes in retail, there's nothing to do (laughs) except talk. Oh, what's the gist of it? Krista? Uh, You had mentioned that Damien wanted, that, that he had a story or something and that he wanted, he was interested in DMing, but he didn't really... Well, it, I mean, it, it, even before then, it started with just a game night. We had, you know, a group of people over and we played board games. And then it was like, hey, would anybody be interested in trying out D&D? And Chris was interested. Krista said she would come along in color. <laughs> and a couple of Damien's old friends came. And then Chantel heard about Krista was talking about it. To Chantelle at work. So, yeah, Crystal was talking about the game nights that... Uh, I think we had had two 
at that point. Yeah, uh, we were talking about game nights together and we thought it would be uh, kind of fun to join in because I've always loved board games in general. I've loved video games, board games, games of all sorts. So I thought it was I thought it was pretty fun an idea to come over and I figured I'd come over every other weekend whenever I could make it. Because at the time I was kind of new to the state as well. So I didn't really have much friends in the area besides, you know, the coworkers I worked with at my job. So Chantel and I were the new ones. Yes. At the store. Yeah, we were like a month yeah. or so apart. <laughs> the new girls. She started in October and I started in November. But at this point, Odin was already born and we were living here. Uh, I had been at the store for almost a year at that point. So it wasn't like we didn't know each other. Yeah, you were on maternity leave for quite a chunk of that, though, as well. Right. So we didn't get to spend as much time getting to know each other. Yes. But once you came back, we did start chatting about just general nerdy stuff and whatnot. Because I was curious if you had played video games. Because at the time, I was really into Skyrim and Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And I had known, I think at the time, you were, playing, you were trying to make a computer in Minecraft, is what you were telling <gasps> me. Because you played modded, and I played just uh, Xbox <laughs> Vanilla. So I was just like, this is so intriguing. I'm learning about a whole other side of Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you had a world limit just i did not understand that yeah i used to i used to talk about how i would row a boat and then end up crashing into the world barrier and the bra- boat would break into blocks and sticks oh my gosh <laughs> there's a wall yeah <laughs> and it, 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 like i couldn't fully grasp the idea that the world in pc version was infinite you know <laughs> because at the time i didn't really have a good pc to run you know certain games and whatnot so but yeah, so initially we got into video game chats and eventually, you know, along with Krista's help, that kind of got into whole board game chats and whatnot, what we kind of liked. And I decided to uh, come over and I think Krista had been going, was it a couple weeks before then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Krista and Chris had gone a couple weeks before then. We actually played some D&D before you joined too. Yeah, yeah you guys had a whole other campaign that you had started, so. Which was kind of funny when you think back to kind of the original sessions we had we had a couple other people that that were some of my friends at the time and members of my original tabletop group and it was mentioned that krista came by to color yeah now what i feel like we kind of glossed over in this is that i don't know if it was chris or if it was everybody else convinced krista just roll dice just roll a char- Just roll some dice. We'll put it down as a I character. I can tell you who convinced oh, me. Oh no! Oh no! No. First of all, you have to go further back. One of Krista's favorite games is Yahtzee. Yeah. She loves rolling dice. Yes. So when she first showed up to color, and I'm throwing up the air quotes there for people that are listening, all she was doing was watching everybody else These roll people, dice. They're rolling a bunch of d6. Yeah. The need to have those dice in my own hand and roll <laughs> was growing and growing and inside I was like I want to roll dice too Krista's not allowed at the craps table <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caitlin had gone into the other room to get something and I remember her coming in and like saying Krista just roll some fucking dice or something yes. at me <laughs> oh, that sounds like me like, I don't want to be the only girl playing or something like that. So I was like, okay. And then because you said that, Chris was like, you can just roll dice and just see what you get. And I was like, okay, that there was no pressure to play. It was just, I can just roll dice. And do you remember what happened when you rolled those dice? 
I rolled very well, and everybody was like, what? I, <laughs> I think you had three 18s. I don't remember the <laughs> stats, but I remember some of my friends that got me into tabletop RPGs just going, oh my God. You have to play. Yeah. You can't roll those stats and not play. I, I do not believe she rolled under a 14. Yeah, it was no, like under it. a 14 or under a 16. Yeah, it was insane the stats that she rolled. <laughs> and everyone's just like, can you I, still have that character? Can I have, can I have I the sheet? Can, yeah. <laughs> can I just take hers? <laughs> you want to roll my dice? Well, and, and to be honest, let's, let's talk about it. Uh, the rolling method we were using, that, that as Damien as the DM set up, was we rolled seven times, and you could replace one. Yeah, I believe we were 4d6 drop lowest. Yes. And I let you roll seven sets, and you got to pick the best six. But I it forget was, if they were it in order. it wasn't just that. It was also is in order and you could trade out one for, for that the seventh, seventh set. roll. Yeah. So it was a straight down the straight down the list roll. So when she rolled and we're all like, you could literally be whatever you want. Yeah. You and guys think, did say that to me. Well, because I think your seventh roll was like an 18. Yeah, I was like, you can't make a bad character. Yeah. And, was, <laughs> and I believe that that was right because I was like, you can take this 18 and it, it'll be your best at and you can put it in whatever the character needs. Yeah, and we were just like, this is ridiculous. Um, so, you know, going back now to, to my side of this story, I remember I was working uh, at a glass factory at the time, I think. Mm -hmm. You were at the yeah. glass factory, yeah. And so... Just for uh, a little bit longer because... Yeah, till it closed. I recently saw in my Facebook memories, like, uh, you guys saying you wouldn't be able to make it to the second game night we had because uh, you were still working nights. Yeah, so... I was being told by my uh, by Krista that her coworker she caught her watching oh whatever that show is you watch on YouTube, which I was watching a lot of Critical Role at the time, and I was like, you mean Critical Role? And she was like, yeah, whatever that is. My coworker <laughs> coworker watches it. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. She's like, yeah. Well, she was talking about her um, her. I would have been fiance at the yeah, time. Yeah, fiance. I was trying to remember boyfriend. if it was fiance or still boyfriend. But was her, it was it boy? Yeah, I would have been boyfriend at the time because yeah. we were only engaged for about a year. So yeah, so her boyfriend um, is thinking about starting up a game night. Would that interest you? And I was like, Yeah, sure. You know, I I had just moved up here um, probably maybe a year or so before that. Like I was new to the area, so I really didn't know anybody. And I was like, Yeah, that sounds like fun. We can do that. And to make it clear. This was a game night. We were playing yeah, things yeah, like game night. Catan, uh, Cards Against Humanity. I think the first night was Catan, and the second night was the, the trains. The train one. Oh, Ticket, uh, to, Ticket ride. to Ride. Ticket to Ride. Mm -hmm. Like, this, this wasn't game night D&D. This was actually sitting down to play board games. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't know either Damien or Caitlin, really, at the time. Like, I'd been into uh, the store where Krista, Caitlin, and Chantel worked, but I didn't really know them. And you were sick for so long. You were an amorphous blob. Yeah, I was. I was <laughs> sick in the hospital for a while. You didn't exist. They were like, "Hey, do you want to? <laughs> do you want to play?" I was like, "Sure, it sounds like fun." So, you know, we we drove down. We decided to play, and you know, we talked about possibly starting up a, a D and D campaign. And I was like, "Sure, you know, that sounds like fun." I used to to play some tabletop role playing games. And to clarify, at this point, D and D wise, Chantel isn't involved. No, no. this was this was me, Damien as the DM still. And a couple of Damien's friends. Then my friends, Aaron and Garrett, yes, yep. were were the the original group. Shit, I I DM for five people for a little bit. We only got yeah. like three, like two or three sessions in, but yeah, yeah, you did for, for a very short time. Yeah, and we rolled characters, and 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 that was the the night we decided to roll characters. 
uh, I rolled a very poor character. As as good as Krista's rolling was, mine was bad. Pavel. Pavel, Pavel that I don't think had above an eight or a ten. Yeah, he was he was a terrible <laughs> character. So I did the best I could. He ended up dying in the very first session we had, uh, which is fine. Which it, was it a mercy got- killing or <laughs> I think he just annoyed the other Thunder characters enough to die. Right, yeah, he was murdered. He was murdered. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> By another it, it player. Was, yeah. It was, it was a, a... That's the key there. Another player, not an NPC, another player. <laughs> it was, it was collateral player. damage, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> He's a martyr. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> hey, it was... It was uh, It was kind of a, okay, either Pavel dies or we all die. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it ended up in the uh, psychosis of the other character so much that he decided to kill himself. But regardless, that led us into playing the game afterwards, and it was me and Krista and Caitlin were all up for it, but we were still looking for another player. And Caitlin and Krista were like, well, we have, you know, a coworker who's kind of interested in coming and playing. And I asked. And I believe at this point you'd come for game night. I came specifically for board game night. I had no idea what D&D was or what it entailed. I knew it was happening, but it was was one of those things where I was just like, and I had actually heard that um, Chris had sat in one time and I was, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, it might be kind of fun to sit in just to see what the heck they're doing because I don't know what it is. We didn't let you sit in. Because my only experience <laughs> with D&D was basically uh, seeing like the D&D books in the bookstore because I was a big bookstore junkie. I was a big reader. So I was just like, oh, I like the art on these books. <laughs> so, I feel like I talked about D&D because I was so excited about it. You did a like, little yeah. bit. At work. You talked about dice and I remember you telling me you liked Yahtzee. <laughs> of course I talked about dice. Oh, yeah. well, and you still didn't know enough, to be honest, you didn't know enough really about it to explain it very well. Yeah. You were so new because I remember it was her first night here. With, no one with, owned a book at this point. <laughs> no, that's not true. The moment that I was like, I'm making a character, we went to the store like the yeah, next yeah, day and I became a D&D we nerd. I bought all the stuff. Well, we needed the book so that you could understand what you were doing. Yeah. Because remember- D&D Beyond wasn't a thing yet. No, it wasn't. That's remember- so weird to this think about. Was- <laughs> so we haven't actually put a date on this. This was like 2016 or 2017. It was 17 because... It was early 2017 because... We recorded. Okay, so yeah, arc. late 2016. We recorded an uh, an arc of both sets of the podcast. We recorded an arc of the Miavet story and an arc of the Aurelian epic. Miavet story arc one, pre arc one, is on the Patreon, loosely edited, and then uh, Aurelian epic doesn't exist. It's buried <laughs> on a laptop know, hard drive so somewhere. <laughs> I remember um, Chantel's first day we were playing can't remember the board game but we were playing a board game and then we were talking about D a lot because at this point you guys were playing i think we wrapped yeah. up the board game but everyone still wanted to hang out and chat D D stuff because i think the way that we were doing this is we were alternating we had game night one week and yeah. D the, the next week so yeah. we were talking about what was coming up on D the next time we got together yeah and at this point, too, like, I still didn't, uh, I was still learning to drive, and I didn't have my own car yet. Right, weren't you getting oh, a ride yeah. with me? Yeah. No, you we got were... picked up by your grandpa my way grandpa back in the My grandpa had given me a ride, and then I started hitching rides with some oh, of my buddies. Or we, yes. would, we would bring you home, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah cause I, cause I, at that point, like, I, I didn't have a reliable way to get here, too, so it was also one of those things where it was... Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually forgot that, yeah, at the start, you had to, like... You usually ended up being the last one here because you wouldn't tell your grandpa to come get you 
until we were like wrapping up. Mm. Yeah. So he would, you would he hated that. <laughs> yeah. At 11, 11 p.m. or 1 a.m. Sorry. I usually caught a ride with Chris and Chris on the way home because yeah. they went the same way because I and didn't. She lived really close to where we knew. So. Yeah. Yeah. You live like a block away from my mom. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was one of those things where it's just like, uh, basically, I would usually catch a ride here with somebody or have my grandpa drop me off and then I'd catch a ride home with them. So I didn't I didn't trouble my grandpa too much with that because, yeah, him trying to pick me up at 1 a.m. every morning would not have fly, <laughs> flown. But like what I was going to say is I do not believe me and Krista were actually here when you rolled up your first character. Mm-hmm. I think you rolled up and then you told us I'm going to make, I believe it was Kanina. Uh, no, Chalul is my first or, character. No, that's right. Chalul, you're like, I, I have Chalul all planned out. And oh, I was like, man. oh, that's this is going to be the fun. Next- Let's kind of get into the next phase of things. Chalul was rolled up. Oh, man. So we're kind of transitioning to to as the group formed into us playing D&D. And the fact that Chalul was your first character reminded me how things started and how we have the Aurelian Epic and the Miavet story. So I don't want to go too much into it because it's it's drama that I don't want to get into. <laughs> but... I originally yep. started with the Aurelian Epic and we had to take a break because vacations were happening and that group couldn't get together. So in that time, I started formulating what has become the Miavet story. And the reason I made the Miavet story was because I wanted a campaign that was completely separate from the campaign that we were playing with the OOG group. I want it's in an entirely different region. There was no way that they could cross over. I wanted it as pretty much as far removed without world building an entire second continent as I could. And that's where the Miavet story started was I wanted a way to play while I was waiting for. I mean, we, we've gone over it while I was waiting for the other two members to come back and we could start up the Aurelian Epic again. So that's where the Miavet story started from was we needed an alternate campaign that the people that were still available to play D&D as well as working Chantel in could all get together in place. So we started up the Miavet story. I completely forgot about all of this. Yeah, that's what I mean. As, we, as you mentioned that Chalul was the first character, I was like, right, we started that because it was a filler. I needed a filler. Yeah, a filler campaign. And that's also why I was like, okay, the Miavet story we're going to start this campaign. You guys can be morally gray. I'm going to plop you into this big, like, metropolitan city. You guys are all people that are in jail right now. And kind of, how have you gotten in this situation? You don't have to be good people because I'm already running a good guy campaign. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, like, not odd, but it was very unusual because in my mind, like, the traditional, like, idea of, like, your RPG adventure kind of thing was more of long styles of what the Aurelian campaign is, even we without, you know, me being there, like even just like the OG, you know, having the group of people get together and then go off to adventure and you're supposed to be technically morally good and try to do, you know, the good guy stuff. So it was very interesting, like having this ability to be morally gray and have this character, you know, that I could kind of take in a slightly darker turn. Like, I really like the idea because I've always kind of liked, uh, you know, characters with a little bit more, I don't know, duality to them i guess <laughs> so i would also say to be honest all of the characters we created in the mubic campaign even though it's morally gray they 
they aren't bad people. No, no, yeah, yeah. They're just misunderstood or or in a bad situation. Well, that's what I'm know. saying is that I like the idea of us not being the straight laced good guys. Yeah, we're you not. Know, we're, so. not so. we're not Superman. Yeah, I had we're a hard Batman. time playing. And not even that. Morality is relative. I don't know how public this is, but at the start of the Miavet campaign, I told each one of you that you were in jail for a reason. However. I left it up to each of you as a player. Did you commit the crime that you are in jail for? I think it's kind of come up how you guys all ended up in jail, but I did specifically leave it up to you guys. I wanted that this was my pitch. I wanted it to be morally gray. I wasn't telling you that you committed a crime to end up in jail. I was telling you that you were accused of a crime yeah. and that you were sentenced for it, but it was up to you guys as a player. Yeah. If you committed the crime and as a DM, I don't think I asked for the answer. I just wanted to know. I think the, how it went. Yeah. I think the way you put it is you're all going to meet in jail. You figure out how you got uh, there. later along the lines in the Mia campaign. You did ask us to spe like specify. I don't think you necessarily made it public amongst all the players, but I do remember you asking us specifically because I do remember writing a story for it. So I do remember exactly what my answer was. And I don't I don't even know if this is going to come up. But, you know, I I made it so that uh, my character, my character was put in charges of murdering a man or something like that in, uh, in an alley. He did not murder the man, but he ate him. <laughs> so it depends on what your uh, first wait, 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 exactly. Wait. For anybody that doesn't know, this is a lizard boy <laughs> who's literally Joel in the is lizard. Yeah, who literally in the in the books says they don't like wasting meat. Uh -huh. So there was a reason for it. There was. I took a lot of very literal Joel. advice from the uh, the books. Like I read extensively because at that time Volo's uh, Guide to Monsters had just come out, or what? It, what was that? It was yeah, I believe it was yes, Volo's, that is the Volo's name Guide. The book. To, yeah, Volo's Guide to Monsters had just come out. So I was like thrilled to play a lizard because originally I was going to play a dragon got a bunch of lore for that too. Yeah. 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 So, and there was so much detail about the lizard folk and I was just like, this seems really cool. I want to play this. So I, I was all gung-ho about being a lizard man. <laughs> so. I, I loved the choice because you, you leaned hard into it, like much harder than a lot of people do when they're playing games like this. Like, you read it and you're like, okay, if this is going to be my character, I'm going to play it this and way. And like your basin of water. Dumping <laughs> <laughs> like water, water, water all over, over yourself, yourself all the time. And and it wasn't just like, you know, like you looked at your lizard born as like a walking crocodile. Yeah. Like I, I loved it. I, I loved Chalul as a character. I love It's Chalul. actually hilarious. Um, Stop saying it in the past tense. <laughs> well, until we play Chalul again. It's one of those things too. Um, I had a, a tough time. Like I took a lot of traits from the books because that was what helped me figure out how to play a character and how to do a, a role-playing game because I had never had any experience with making, you know, basically doing adult make-believe and doing my own character and acting out the part of a character. We you didn't know. touch that. Hmm? Oh, yeah. The three of you literally had never played an RP, like a tabletop RPG before you stepped yeah. foot in this very house. <laughs> we yes. were your guys' introduction to things because I remember at the, at the start of the show, as as far as editing goes, we were trying to be that like mix of this is what it's like to learn D and D at the table. I remember that. I yeah, remember that was our pitch. We were gonna be like 
learn along with us and yeah. we'll pause every once in a while and explain a rule. We don't do that anymore. No, we no. cut all that out. I remember <laughs> that though. That was so funny because yeah, we had so many new you know people trying to figure out stuff and then we I, had... I believe Chris hadn't played since like 3.5, right? Uh, he had yeah. never played D&D, I no, thought. No, I, I played D&D. I, I, I believe it was 3.5 oh. the last time, which was which but was like, like really... a decade before we played. Oh or... yeah, and, and I mean, I played it very. very I, I played. You're still old. Yes, I'm <laughs> ancient. Uh, I played. Hey, wait. <laughs> I played. The same I don't believe it was original. <laughs> I believe I played very, very, very young before I really understood what D and D was. I was actually at a, a friend's house, and he had it. D and D, and I'd I'd seen like the, the cartoon. No, I think it was like D and D two. Uh, AD&D. Advanced, yeah, advanced D&D. <laughs> he had like the stuff and I'd seen like the cartoon as a kid and I didn't really understand that it wasn't a board game. Like uh, I, I was playing it as like a board game and he's like, well, there's a DM. You know, he was trying to explain it to me. And I was like, well, let me be the DM. And he's like, you really kind of need to know what you're doing. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll learn. You know, and, well, and actually you don't even know the rules yet. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. I, I didn't understand how the game worked. So that was like my first introduction to it. And it didn't go well, obviously, because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, in high school, once I could drive, uh, a small group of friends of me played the White Wolf series of games. And in the White Wolf series of games, which doesn't really exist anymore, I guess. It it does? I forget. I know. Because isn't White Wolf Vampire? Yeah, it's Vampire the Masquerade. But so Vampire's got new additions. Vampire the Masquerade, Mage the Ascension. Well, no, that's the thing, though, is I had to look this up not too long ago because uh, uh, somebody Kristen knows was, was trying to create vampire the masquerade is a tabletop they didn't even realize it was a tabletop they only remembered the video games and i was like no this was a tabletop game a long time ago so i started looking it up i think it actually has like five editions like D D does yeah, the newest point. edition is actually owned by somebody else and they really only release vampire and werewolf they got rid of everything else. Oh, okay uh the world of darkness series anyway so back i played the world of darkness series i believe second edition was so you were a larper no, I wasn't LARPing. Like we, we played just like D and D. We sat around with with dice and everything, and I had lazy a lazy LARPer. <laughs> uh, I had a good time playing that with with my friends, and and then I didn't really play anything at all. And it was actually in uh, college when I got into college. I had a guy I worked with that wanted to play Pathfinder, the original Pathfinder, which is where I cut my teeth. I started D. I started tabletop RPGs as a whole in Pathfinder as well. We so I I bought this, the dice and I got some stuff and I, my roommate was going to play with us as well, and then it ended up falling apart before we could ever really start. We couldn't find enough people, and then before we could actually find enough people, I ended up moving up here. So I I still had just a single set of dice, like I think a chess X set of dice in the the dice little cube that you the, the way that they come packaged. Yeah, is and the I was like, dice and I was like set it on a shelf or whatever. And you know, I had been watching Critical Role for a while by by then, and Krista hated the fact that I watched it because I would just sit down and start watching it on my computer. So easy to binge. Yeah, and and she's like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "I'm watching, you know, them play D and D." And she just she didn't understand it at the time. She's like, "Ugh." I actually was just my my friend was trying to convince me to go back to campaign one, and it's something like. 400 hours of mm-hmm. just gameplay content for campaign one it's a lot so so to give give people that that might be listening to this and somehow don't know what critical role is it's an investment yeah. well i mean and, and it's so good though. it was great because you know you took people that could really improvise and and kind of show like D at a higher level than 
what a lot of people get introduced to it. Just to make it clear to everybody, I don't hate Critical Role anymore. No. It's my uh, most number one favorite thing. To, to, no, to, to be honest, so I watched. I'm like no, no, we, we have to we have to touch on this. I watched all So at all the start of things, one. Chris is the D, is the Critical Role fan. Chris, where are you at on campaign two? I know, no, right? Episode, That's so like, funny. Because it was it started with. You know, me and Chris being the critical role watchers. Uh-huh. Now both of our significant others have taken over and we've given up. Yeah. <laughs> Krista and I are both done with campaign two and you guys are so far behind. It's like not worth it's it. It's hard to call you critters. So, okay, so yeah, for anybody that actually is a critter, I have yet to see Molly Mock die. It's he's like at whoa, whoa, the episode whoa, whoa, whoa. spoiler alert. <laughs> it's only over now. Yeah, it's just like the most amusing thing about this is that Crystal was so anti. disinterested in, yeah, in anti. it. Yeah, disinterested in it at first, and then now she's the one who's pushing Chris to be like, "Why aren't you watching? Why aren't you caught up?" Not just that. You can't watch it without me. <laughs> Not just that. Krista, who is anti D and D, I was anti D and D. I actually is a harder. D&D nerd than I have ever okay. been. Wait, wait, wait. So Krista, before- Krista, so today is July 17th. What did you do today? Huh? What did you do today? What did you post in our Discord today? Oh, I, I posted... What were you watching all day? I didn't even watch D&D Live. I was watching D&D Live all day. The I'm entire, the fucking the DM and I didn't day. even watch D&D Live. <laughs> She is a D&D fan. To make girl. it worse for myself though here you guys. The guy that I was dating before Chris was a 100% D&D nerd and I was just like I don't I can't get into this. That's too nerdy for me. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. This is kind of a turn off. It's too nerdy for me. I'm going to go back to my and guild now horse. I throw that D20 down. Bam. She's Ooh. all over it. But no, I mean, like, like Am I getting laid tonight? <laughs> no, it's Ten. like it's like he's like, Am I getting laid tonight? And me in the other room, did I just hear a dice? Yeah. <laughs> just rattle the dice bag and she comes in like a cat. It's a treat bag. But anyway, so going back, my expertise in, in tabletop role playing game came from a long time ago. I hadn't played a lot. But I did know a lot, and I kind of kept up with some of the rules. Had you played Five E before joining I had my never table? Never played Five E. Okay, I, I, you know, so to watching, give a baseline, yes, Chris, you know, as much as you had prior experience, yes, you were as new with Five E as the rest of the girls were. Yeah. Well, I mean, to an extent, yes, I was new to Five E. However, Five E having pulled a lot of rules from, you know, three point five and four, I, I did know some, and having been watching uh, Critical Role up until the point we met. They actually kind of yeah, yeah. You you had a base. I had a very base knowledge. They started in Pathfinder, though, didn't they? Not in the series. Not in the series, but they did start as Pathfinder. No, I know. They took their their characters from yeah and flipped, and and a lot of that was also uh, Matt uh, Mercer, the DM of Critical Role. For those who don't know, Uh, you listen to this and don't listen to Critical Role or don't know what critical role is can you can you message me just so i know <laughs> that would be amazing uh, but he he home ruled a lot of stuff for that like percy's entire character does not exist in five what well, might now does it does it? now it only exists because he has his own book. polished it yeah it yes. hadn't at the time yeah when it came out he was a completely homebrewed character so i thought it was funny cuz so after i got krista in starting into playing the game She's like, well, maybe I should check out this Critical Role show. 
mm-hmm. and she kind of she didn't really go back. She didn't start at the beginning and, and catch up. She kind of started where we were, and just because you guys watched as a couple, right? Well, yeah. no, no, she watched it on her own and listened to it. Okay, yeah. but the couple of episodes we watched together, she loved it. She thought it was hilarious. She loved the characters. I was like, this is what this game is, and then what it can be. I was like, no, don't expect every game to be this because everybody's different. But because these are literal actors, yeah, voice actors. I who- wanted to watch it though. Mostly because I didn't really know what D what I what was expected for D and D, and so that was kind of like my baseline. But then I was that made me terrified. Yes, <laughs> I was just like, we should go over that actually. Yeah. So when I first started, my very first character, she was basically mute. Like she wasn't mute, but she didn't talk because I stumble a lot when I'm talking, and I was just completely afraid of role playing and all of that. And this was even before like this was, was before was, Chantel. Rec- this was yeah. before recording. This is the first campaign of just sitting in a room with uh, you know new newer people. Before yeah, people I didn't really know. Yeah, yeah. and learning yeah. to role play basically. Yeah, and so I decided that my character would basically not talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that to me at work. Yeah, yeah, and every time it was my turn, my hands would get. I'm also really shy, so every time my hand my hands would get so sweaty, and yeah. And then I remember when the phone to record the episode, oh my gosh. or the, not an, even an episode, just record our session. Because yeah, we we haven't like that's kind of kind of the blend of things is as the group all came together, we started doing the Miavet story because we we didn't record the OOG group in the Aurelian Epic because that campaign is is dead and gone. I had it on my phone. It was on it, the first the couple of episodes were actually recorded on phone, but it was recorded specifically as a record of what we did. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be put on a podcast. Yeah, it was just be like instead of notes we'll, we'll record. And I have erased it from my memory because <laughs> that campaign died when the group never got back together. Yeah. And but I just, so when the original Mia Vet story started, we were using I believe it was Caitlin's phone. I uh-huh. don't think it, it was, was mine. Ca- no, it was- Set in the middle of our kitchen table. I remember this on a set of folded kitchen towels because I remember reading something that like, hey, when you're a dumbass and you're recording five, six people in one room on a phone or a Blue Yeti, <laughs> you want to put something to isolate that from the surface because then people bump it and and the phone instead of hearing any other audio just you're <gasps> and yeah that's we, kind of how it sounds we did like one or two i think it was one it might have been two I think it was one sessions of the me event story were recorded on a cell phone and at that point um i feel like it was at least two because i remember us having an incident of going over to your grandmother's house or some stuff. I thought we had. I the, think we used the Yeti. We had the Yeti, Yeti at was that, that point. the Yeti? Was that yeah. like the one Yeti? Okay. Yeah. So we we started with that, and then Caitlin's grandparents actually got wind of we were doing this recording. They don't know what a podcast they is. Still don't know what a podcast. But is. they got wind of we were doing this recording thing, and it was like, you guys want to do this thing? What can we do to help? And back then with our lack of experience and not really understanding how to produce a good show we were like well right now we're just putting a uh, a phone in the middle of the table so we could get a blue yeti that has omnidirectional which means the way it picks up is all around it and we'll we can use one of those it'll sound better than a cell phone right technically yes it does yeah but before we move on to the blue yeti phase of our thing like 
remember like we started with the phone and weren't you very still very conscious of that yeah, focus yeah I was so conscious of cause I'm shy and role playing was new and D&D in general was new and yeah. just like the idea of being recorded I had so much anxiety and yeah lots of sweaty hands <laughs> I, I was definitely nervous as well and especially being with a new group of people you know I, was, I had at least you know my co-workers who I was very familiar with but then it's just like um, also meeting their significant others and kind of getting to know them a little better but also just you know performing in front of a group in general for you know it's just it's just kind of a little nerve-wracking too and in, in my mind it was you know you're basically taking a character and you're trying to you know your best to act out that kind of character I like I think the easiest way for me to understand when I was trying to click what this game was because I also was under the impression it was like a board game that you would play because I thought it was basically a more elaborate board game and I was just like okay so where's the parts of this game <laughs> where's the bees <laughs> yeah I was just like <laughs> and to be fair there are parts you can add but in general you don't really need too much to do anything besides like pencil and paper if and you like want you can go entirely with no extra pieces I was yeah. gonna say to be honest actually um if people have been following us they've seen us play with a map mm -hmm. but for the most part we are a you know theater of the mind group yep. yeah most of the stuff we do I know sometimes when we've had some bigger battles uh Damien has broken if out I know map. something specific is coming up then yeah I'll try and make a map for it. And but. that's very helpful for like visualizing, you know, certain things where we want to be and how we want to act. But yeah, like Chris was saying, it's very much, you know, we're using our imagination. We're letting the DM bring the world to life and each of us are contributing our own, you know, thought process on how this is how we picture it and this is how things, you know, how we're perceiving them. But yeah, initially, uh, so going into the whole role-playing thing was very nerve-wracking, going in front of people having the mic you know was um something i was also nervous about but it was more so i was also kind of eager to be able to listen back and have notes because i have a bad memory i've always had a bad memory and i i took notes from day one too <laughs> i still have some like lined paper crumpled up somewhere in a binder that i took notes from the like of all little details because I wanted to remember characters' names, I wanted to remember places, and I, I wanted to make sure that I knew like the important parts because I knew that I would like, I'm not going to remember any of this if it's just verbal. So. Yeah. I also <laughs> think it's important to note that at this point, and I think even with the Blue Yeti originally, this was never a podcast. No. no. This was originally audio note-taking. Mm -hmm. This was a way for us to remember things exactly as they happened and to be able to have something to reference to until I started listening to it. And I was just like... We're funny. Well, it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't that we're funny. It was... This is engaging. Oh no! It was it was okay. This part this this doesn't matter. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it out. Okay, yeah, this doesn't matter. I'm gonna cut it out. And essentially, I was listening back to it, and then I started editing. And so so I'm editing this audio that we recorded. I'm like, hey guys, so like I'm already editing the audio that we did. Like, what if I put some backgrounds like some ambience and some music and we like are you all okay with me posting this on the internet as a podcast yeah i remember that i remember, yeah, I remember that conversation yep. and they all said yes out of sheer fear of saying no <laughs> out, of, yeah, out, of, out of fear of saying no and me going all right guys 
fuck it, we're done. <laughs> I, was, I, I remember, I remember the conversation. You were, you were very upfront about it. You're like, hey, I, I kind of want to think, I want to make this something. At this point, I'm listening to a couple actual plays. The The main one that I cite for starting Adventures in Aurelia is actually Dungeons and Randomness. Um, they're, they're one of the first... They're not the first, but they are one of the first actual plays I started listening to. And hearing... like I was invested in their story. To finally get to it 45 minutes later... That's kind of where Adventures in Aurelia started, is I was invested in Dungeons and Randomness. I wanted to know kind of where things were going. And we're recording things. I've gotten everyone's approval and consent to posting it as a, as a podcast. And it was all to me, we're telling a story, and if I can make even one person care about where this story is going the way that I care about where DNR is going... That's a win in my book. Well, and and also, I do remember it was always talked about at the time. Uh, you and Caitlin at that time were big fans of Troy Grant. Skid. Oh yeah, I think that came a little bit later, but yes, but Glass yeah, but Cannon I'm, was yes. was like you remember them because that was I think that was about when they kind of took off. Was was about that time. And you were like, hey, there's this group we listen to that's really funny. We can do something kind of like they do. I want to say that that was right around when I started caring about what we did. And we invested in equipment instead of just having that Yeti in the table. Yeah, I, I do remember you You were saying that, like, you know, quality matters at that point. But I do remember, like, before then, even like, you had, you had gotten our okay to release it. But you were kind of just releasing the recordings with minimal cutting. Like here's our recording. Here's what we do. Is it, it was very actual. Mostly cutting things like bef as we were getting ready. Or we, dead we air. normally take a break in the middle, so like I'd cut out the break. But you weren't super editing it. Yeah, it's kind of like on that note. Like you didn't really have any previous like audio editing experience, right? So you've kind of like this has kind of been your growing like knowledge kind of thing. Oh, you're, you're beginning. So I actually don't know if any of you guys know this about me. I technically have prior audio experience, ah. not with editing. For my senior project in high school, I ran the soundboard and the sound cues for a local play that was ran in one of the is it playhouses at the yeah. theaters, theaters Theater in in a city close to us in, in Edmonds. Um, I was one of the audio team. I actually, within the last six months or so, actually reached out to my mentor at the time to tell her that, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but like 10 years ago, I did my senior project with you. And I realized as I thought back to it, you were kind of my start in audio work. And that's like my number one passion nowadays is working in podcasting. So technically, before we started, I, I did have experience at least in not editing. Board up. But in, well, not, not the board up. Most of what I did was the cue work. Mm -hmm. So I was the one that, and I feel like I try to re reflect that in the editing style, is I was the one that was like, okay, in this scene, birds go, ambience go, music go. So I was the one that was like in charge of 
not in charge of, but real time editing on, kind of <laughs> learning the the getting your audio samples set up and a lot of kind of what I do now with queuing up, getting ambience and music and everything to help make a production. Yeah, I, I mean, I have theater experience as well. I was a, I was a tech guy. I had friends that were more into the audio and, and lighting of it. I was more the physical part of it. But I I do remember in high school going through the learning how the board works, learning how the patch bay works, setting up all the mics. And then I was never one of the guys that did the audio stuff, but I remember a couple of guys going through and, and having the CDs with sound effects, music, all that kind of stuff and having to queue it up, get it ready and then wait. And then be like, okay, go. And you press the button and it goes. Thankfully, by the time I was in this, we had the iMac and we had IQ. So you were able to get all that loaded in. Yeah. Like in advance. Yeah. So, Going back, like like you, when we first started releasing, you were releasing very, very, very raw stuff to the point that like you've even gone back now and said, I don't want anybody listening to this because this is not the quality I like. It's all on Patreon. And the only reason it's on Patreon is because I technically put work into it. Yes. The Aurelian Epic, the very first arc that we recorded doesn't exist Exist. outside of our minds. (laughs) The audio files are somewhere. I believe they're still on Caitlin's laptop that doesn't currently work. And I mean, this is going all the way back to you used Audacity. Oh, I used Audacity for years. I know, because that's what we could get access to at the time. You've since then, you know, obviously talking and stuff like that expanded your, your bounds. I mean, you've your production quality has increased exponentially. We're on the third set of microphones that the cast has used. You've We've got gone a board. From New ones. You know, today. you we tried the Zoom for a while and realized that wasn't really. This what is we still needed. a Zoom. Well, you tried the. We uh, we used the H6. That was the the handy recorder. That was that was Miavet Story Arc Two, which is is technically Arc One as far as anyone is concerned. I mean, I don't know if you've gone over this in like a, a stream or anything, but that might be something that a lot of people that are possible people that are into audio would be very interested in, in your progression of I tried this it wasn't what I was wanted I tried this because I thought it'd be cool but it really didn't give me the, the the stuff I did because a lot of people don't understand that you went through a very serious process of learning what you liked and what you didn't what you were actually looking for to, to get where you are even today and I know that in your head, you probably still have like leaps and bounds ahead. You still want to do. do. <laughs> well, that's what I thought was interesting about this whole process. It's just like we've we all started like kind of as a newer group to 5e. But, you know, having uh, Damien to also kind of make this journey with his audio quality and going through and learning a bunch of things, doing a bunch of research and then just following tips and tricks. Because I remember you talking about like the things you'd listen to back in the day and how you liked certain things they did. And so it's like. Using inspiration to be able to emulate the kind of sounds you really liked into the podcast was. Well, I mean, even the simple stuff of going from single mic to multi mic. Yes, was yeah. a big deal. I remember that was we took a break. I want to say for about six months. The holiday I, break, I think, and is what it, it was. It was a holiday break, and then we we took a break at the beginning of the year because I remember we came back, kind of like now we came back in the summer, mm-hmm. and I remember what I did was was at the time my company was doing really well and I took two bonuses that, that we got our quarterly bonus and one of them I bought the Zoom H6 with the, the capsule to be able to do all well six but all five of our microphones and I bought um, five microphones at the time it was the the Knox podcasting mic which doesn't exist anymore um, and that was that was our like V2 
of of being a podcast, but that was the first time that that I felt good producing content for the show. And since then, I've gone through, I've remastered that, I've totally re-edited the Miavet story arc one that oh, yeah, exists. I was, I was gonna say that like since you have gotten newer things, you have gone through and remastered everything from the back in the day. Not everything. Well I'm starting I'm starting a really an epic right now. But the original, the first arc of the Miavet story has been completely remastered because while our equipment upgraded, our editing I can't say it didn't upgrade because I was putting more work into it. Now that I had all the tracks, I was able to, if someone coughed, I was able to to actually do something about it. But I wasn't where I am now because as time has gone on, I've realized that I could do, oh, well, when I do this, it actually sounds better. Yeah. And then when I do this, oh, it processes faster. And oh, hey, these plugins, uh, they, they do this. And so it's it's grown over time. Yeah, you've definitely been improving your own skills throughout the entire process. And and even coming down to, to multi-channel recording. So when Tony coughs or something, you'd be like, I'm just going to mute that person entirely, as opposed to back when it would bleed to another mic or the single mic when it was like you couldn't do anything about it. We, we went from that microphone over time. Um, I got all of those. And then I was like, okay, but, but what about nicer microphones? What about like the, the next step? And that's when we, we started doing the Blue Encore 100s. Yep. And I don't remember why. It doesn't I picked- even feel like that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I think, didn't we get end up getting like the last, like got I got you the last, last one. Of them with wedding money. Yeah. yeah. And- Between wedding gifts. And I think, I think we bought the last one or two with wedding money itself. Yeah. Cause it was in like in your wedding. Didn't, doesn't feel that long ago, but you've been married. Almost two years. Yeah, two years. Three. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2020 didn't happen, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but and going back to that, that's another thing that I, I think should point out is the advancements we've done, because there's a lot of stuff besides just microphones and, and basic audio equipment that have come from both Patreon and just straight out of pocket. Um, you know, we have mic stands that all came from like straight out of pocket from Damien. You can't tell that I'm shaking the microphone back and forth right now because this one has a shock mount yeah. on it. Shock mounts, uh, everything, you know, like, and and it's been a it's been a slow process. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave that in just to show the difference. Now. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's been, it's been awesome to see, like, uh, out of the support we've gotten, that we have actually increased what we have and gotten better and better and better. And then I know Damien spent a lot of time. Not only listening to, but uh, contacting other podcasters for advice, uh, music people about using possible uh, music and, and and sound effects. That oh man, used. the amount of artists that that we've gotten access to since the show's gone on has grown so much. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's kind of amazing. Like what was really cool was I know recently when when oh God, it's not even recently now, but um, when Damien started to incorporate sound effects to go along with just things we were doing in the game to, to increase quality that way. You know, he was doing his own Foley work for a while. Yeah, I've done, <laughs> done a little bit. And then also like he would, he would, you know, he'd shoot us little things be like, Hey guys, check this out. And it would be like, this is the sound that's going to happen when rim casts detect magic. I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, like a lot of us as the, the characters here, we put in the work of sitting down recording and, and helping with the story. But I would say, you know, 80, 90% of the, the behind the scenes work is all Damien. So I like giving him credit for that. Like people are like, well, you guys are great. I was like, well, Damien does great. I just show up and record a voice. I'm, I got the easy job. 
That's one of those things that's kind of super behind the scenes is I've tried to make so much of the show. And part of it's because this was my project. I put this on you guys. So, so much of it came down to, no, you just, you just have to come and let me stick a microphone in your face. <laughs> yeah. Be, you know, be on, be somewhat on task. Yeah. Let me record you and I'll do, I'll do the work like to make the production of it. And like so much of this is casual, like a lot of stuff goes in, in editing to make it a production, but at the core of it, what we do is as our subtitle is, is we're five friends that sit around the table and record ourselves playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Now you guys have grown as like people and podcasters. And I think a lot of that just comes from because of the experience of being in this group so long. And also you guys all listen back to it and especially I can tell since I've been remastering, I see how you guys have all grown as, as members of the show as well. And that's what I think too, is just like, um, you put a lot of the, the work and love and blood, sweat and tears into like the production of it and the quality of it. But it's like, we do all get together as friends and we kind of, you know, help breathe life into the story. And we really, you know, we, we've gotten better over the years too. Like, and it's been years now that we've gotten better at, you know, staying on mic and, letting others talk and kind of building the story and working together to kind of, you know, make make things happen in game. <laughs> I was going to say, I learned how to speak into a microphone because of the show. I didn't even know how to use a microphone before the show. Not only that, you were so hyper aware of microphone etiquette. You point it out to me all the time because I get I off mic do. a lot. And I, I will admit that I, I tend to move around. And, but like I get like, you know, nudges in the side or like yeah, pointing at the microphone. next to each other. So I think it's kind of funny because the person who was the most shy to be on mic, I think it is because you were shy to be on mic. You are so mic conscious yeah. that you point out to other people like, I, I can't hear you in your mic. Yeah, that ends up being really, a mic. really good quality for our production of our show, though, too. <laughs> Oh, I actually had a question because Damien and Chris both I'm mentioned. Sorry, we're not at the Q and A portion of the show yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it has to do with what we've been talking about. <laughs> uh, the guys both mentioned that they were in like some sort of theater type thing in school. I wasn't, but I was curious to know if you guys were, if the other girls were. No. Um, no. <laughs> Were you in any kind of performance thing? Band? I, we did like, I went to a small private school. And so we had like a Christmas pageant every year that you were forced to be a part of. Oh, fun. (laughs) You were either in the chorus or you were an actor. And a couple of years I was an actor, but I never went on with it. Um, And then I wasn't in band like i did piano but i never like had recitals <laughs> uh, as far as my experience um when i was younger i was a lot more outgoing so and i was into a lot more things so i was in ballet and did a couple stage performances and whatnot in the past um it was all group things of course and it was you know children you know basically their families would come and watch and perform but it was a lot of fun. I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And that it never really occurred to me like to really associate that as far as like performance wise, because I guess for me, this is always like the podcast is important. And it's like I want to do well for the podcast. But for me, the most important thing is to always, you know, 
think of this as a D&D session with my friends. So it's like, I want to be mic conscious and whatnot, but I want to also basically act how I would act even if there was no mic here. So that's the big thing for me. My question was mostly like knowing how to talk into a mic, but then also um, being a character. Like I've, I've never really, besides playing Barbies when I was little. <laughs> for me, it's like, I, I definitely thought of it kind of more as a, like a form of you representing a character in a story kind of thing almost. So I've always been really into stories and storytelling even. I remember when I was younger, I used to read a lot of scary stories and then tell them to my friends in the cafeteria. And I would embellish them sometimes too and add in my own little things. So it was just... Like, I, I've always liked the idea of stories and lore and world building. So, like, that part of it really appealed to me in D&D. And then, but yeah, as far as, like, learning how to talk into a mic and all that kind of stuff, that was all brand new to this, you know, this <laughs> podcast. I, it kind of brings a question to my own for everybody here, but for maybe Damien, because he doesn't really get a fit into this. The characters you have picked to play, would you say those reflect yourself in general? Or are they kind of like the, the edges of your personality? Like you playing Chalul, obviously for those who don't know you, you are no, nowhere near what Chalul is. Yes, I like to eat fingers. I was going to say, you mean, you mean she doesn't eat people? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, more like, like, you know, like as you're as somebody who knows you, I know your your certain personality, and I know that Chalul isn't that personality. That's not who you are. Kanina is not your normal personality. You are you are way more bubbly as Kanina. Not that you're not a bubbly person, but you're way more bubbly. You're like. To the extremes as Kanina than you are as a normal person. Like I wouldn't say like you're bouncing around, grabbing people by their arm and dragging them from from are place you saying to place. Chantel doesn't have the iron grip of friendship. Oh, she might, oh, but she's, she's very selective on who she uses as a person yeah. with anyone she meets. That's that's like a really good question. Um, because playing characters is very different for all of us. Yes. Like I've like uh just just from my general impression, like I've seen you like a. Uh, Krista, you've kind of played some characters that you like to kind of associate with, but they also go sometimes out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So, like, I kind of do something similar in a way where, for me, it's an opportunity to be someone who's not myself. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, I don't like myself writing, but it's more more or less like I like the idea of being someone who's completely different and stuff. And sure, I'll, I'll interject parts of my personality in there because, you know, I'm me and I can only imagine so much outside of my own scope. So I'll put parts in there that are easy for me to, you know, act out. But for the most part, I do try to make a character who is their own being, you know. So you're stepping outside of just your own personal comfort zone yes. slightly. Okay. Yep. That's kind of my question. Because, like, I know for a lot of people that play D&D, their first or second, you know, sessions might be like that. Where they're they're playing something that's kind of close to who they own. They own. I would say Krista's very first character was very much like that. She's, you know, very much like what Chris is. And then she created Willow. Willow was completely different. <laughs> Willow, I struggle. And if we play again, I will still struggle to play Willow because I'm a very honest person and Willow is not. And it's very, very, very hard for me to lie, even in pretend. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I struggle with her a lot. She's completely opposite of me. And I think I still play Willow kind of a goodish person just because I can't get away from like I if I was not such a honest person, like I yeah, not such a goody two shoes. I would probably play her a little bit more 
not evil, but bad girl, then I am even capable. I can't do it. Ariel is a lot like me. <laughs> I think I did that, though, because um, it's easier for me to be able to communicate what I'm trying to say if I just be myself. And then at the same time, Willow was so hard to play that I wanted to just enjoy the game without stress. That makes sense. But... Ariel is not me completely because she flaunts her naked body around and I would not do that. She, yeah. She's not ashamed of herself anymore. She's, she's also shy uh, with alcohol. I think I also initially, when we were talking about characters and you had told me how you made your first character essentially mute, I think I did take a leaf from your book in my initial character design where I didn't make Chalul mute, but I made him more of the strong silent type initially. Yeah. Like that was how I was going to play his personality. He's evolved over time. Yeah, no, but going <laughs> was very common for him at the beginning. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where I was just nervous and not really sure how to uh, put myself out there as far as, you know, making making his personality. You no, know, I still struggle just like you with his personality and playing him sometimes because he has character traits, which are what I have made sure to kind of, you know, bring out his Chalulness, but without spoiling for those that haven't listened to Mia Vet, I think the drama between Willow and Chulul kind of I feel like Chulul became a little bit more like he, he spoke more since then. Yeah. Like that kind of drew you out mm-hmm. playing him. I would say over the time that Chulul has actually evolved as a more central character in general. Like I I feel like at the beginning, because everybody was so new and we started me a vet, that, that I kind of helped drive a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just because I, I was more comfortable with it. But I stepped way back over time. And I think Chalul actually took a much yeah, more. Yeah, I think Chalul is like the everything. center character. Yeah. Like when I'm just a listener listening in, like he's the one I'm put, paying most attention to. Tends to be the one asking questions, things like that. Actually pushing the story forward. And not just yeah, we're going to your choice of location next. Pretty much. Yeah. So I, like, and, I, and I think that's a good thing. Like, it shows that characters can change over time. Um, as somebody who has been the most characters in any of our casts, though, yeah. I think Caitlin should talk about her choices in, in characters. Yeah. I suck at character, like, creation. I suck at uh Story creation, backstories don't exist for my characters. <laughs> they are forced unwillingly. What do you mean, Raina? <laughs> um so my characters usually turn into not how I am outwardly, but definitely how I am in my head. Like how I think. The super cynical, snarky, like, oh my god, I'm done with these people kind of thing. <laughs> Like, just let me get my shit done and get out of here kind of thing. Um, But Nixie wasn't like that. Kind of like with Krista with Willow, trying to make a character that's very much not yourself. And I couldn't handle it. I was not getting anywhere with her as a, you know, building a character. Um, There was no no longer be a part of the yeah, show. Yeah, there I didn't feel like she was developing in a way that I wanted to continue playing her. And so I had to ask Damien, how do I get out of this character? 
like how can we make Nixie disappear <laughs> so I can bring on someone else that's kind of interesting because I don't know if we've actually really covered like behind the scenes of why Nixie decided to have. go away because I remember it was a very you know well we uh, yeah we had decided that we were going to kind of revamp yeah what we were doing and I think Damien put it to us he's like you guys can keep your characters you can start someone else mm. I was the only one that had any sort of interest in starting a new character because I just didn't like the way that she was developing. That was like the first major arc, which, which, yeah, which I was going to say is not a lot of, a lot of people don't know that Rim, Kanina, Ariel, and Nixie had an entire section, an entire arc, basically, that a lot of people never heard in that, you know, we did a, a big section that took a long time and has some parts that we actually like we'll kick back to with with inside jokes that people are never going to get like Ariel being a cleric or and the map the map <laughs> oh the map, the map. <laughs> don't don't lose that map you know like bears there was a couple <laughs> oh yeah the bear oh, that literally oh, slapped her into a different class yeah <laughs> and then the suplex that Kanina did yeah, yes. yeah the ultimate suplex I said that does, they don't know about that or how we ended up with the axe in the first place yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be really interesting when you guys have to deal with the fact that Karam's dead yeah and that matters and the listeners have no idea. Well, and then why this guy matters. There's the section of uh, in in the recorded sections when we were traveling to Port Norsal, Rim saw somebody mm-hmm. from the original arc that they're not going to know who that is. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really think about that at the time, but that he like he oh, was. Yeah. yeah, he saw him, and he was you know going to see you know having to do with that whole thing with Karim. So Gim- Gimbal. Gimbal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, your your rival, my arch nemesis, <laughs> the stealer of kills, Nixie's arch nemesis. We had a lot of really good uh, character building, especially a group building. You know, like as far as how our dynamic worked and whatnot. So, I, and I do feel bad for kind of throwing a hitch in that because Nixie and Kanina did have a like a relationship that was working really well. I, they were fun to play together. I kind of like it though because. I, I almost feel like that's driven Kanina to be very much more clingy because she lost someone. You, yeah. you can't leave me too. Yeah, exactly. Like she's like, no, like, I don't know if, if, if this is something you thought, but in my own head, it's like Kanina almost feels like she, she should have done something to keep Nixie around. Cause you have brought up as Kanina afterwards, Nixie several times. Yeah. Yeah. Nina and, talks and people about are like, Nixie who? And you're like, Nixie. Yeah. You know, and it's obviously a character moment for her. I I, help, I think it helped develop the story in that now there's this person that's like gone that we know, but other people might not know, but it's like obviously there was something there. Well, even like um in the initial start, um getting Ariel to really open up was very difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Kanina literally had to like crawl like onto a table or under a table to get Ariel to come join us at some point in the very beginning. <laughs> So, yeah, it was like Ariel was a lot more uh, like closed up. And so Nixie was one of the first people that um, open. Yeah. Yeah. That Kanina really formed a bond with. Like we went out, we got drunk together. We did shenanigans was it together. Nixie that showed her honey juice no. or was that Tempest? I think you learned about honey juice uh, once we got to uh, the bottom of the. Yeah, that uh, was Warden it. Tower. Like Liv's rest. Okay, so it was Tempest that talked her into it then. Yeah, at most what Ariel discovered 
for that, I think, because I don't know how much I'm mixing from OOG. <laughs> Arc one is strong coffee. <laughs> it might have been. I do know that the first time that Ariel walked around in the nude mm-hmm. was pre-recording uh, or pre-released recording because it was <laughs> it was because the fact that you wore heavier armor was mm-hmm. the big reason that you were wandering around unclothed. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to put her gear on. Well, because we were like, we need to go now. And you're like, you're like, uh, So I grabbed my gear okay. and ran with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, like some of, some of my favorite, like, small little detail character interactions were some of those parts, you know, in our very original cast together. And like like Chris said, like, I I don't think it was a bad thing that Nixie left. I do think it was good for character development for my character, Kanina. But at the same time, you know, I, I do try to keep her close to Kanina's heart in a way because, you know... Kenina still holds out hope she'll find her again in the future or something like that. It's probably, you know, it's not going to probably happen in the campaign, but it's... You might hear about her. Exactly. So it's just, it's one of those things where... Start asking about her when we go into... (laughs) Maybe she was (laughs) in Fort Norsal and we just missed her because we shot through the city. (laughs) It does make for a very interesting, uh, a really an epic episode one is we literally introduce a character that leaves... Yeah, by the end true. of the first episode, like I'm introduced by writing a goodbye note yeah. and just leaving. And it's because what the the listeners don't know is the story beforehand, where we played, you know, four, five, or six months of of sessions before that, where that bond was formed, and it, it it's definitely interesting to introduce a character, show the group being friends because the girls all go out to the bar together and then in the morning Nixie just leaves mm-hmm. well I just realized that now I, I haven't thought about it before but everybody here in in the in the game basically calls Rim an asshole from day one grumpy of the recording man. yeah the grumpy and nobody old knows why <laughs> Nobody knows why. That's true. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but... I think they can figure out why. Yeah, but from day one, it was like, oh, that asshole over there. Why don't they like that player? (laughs) It's one of those things, too, where um, you did help make a lot... You you were the very, like, kind of still the original driving force in this beginning of this campaign. You know, in Mia Vet, you definitely started out, but you kind of faded around, as you said, but... really an epic I still think you're very much a driving force just because you were also forced into a leader position with the attack on Riven in the very very original episode that doesn't exist anymore (laughs) yeah and what I was going to say and that's something that's kind of been a character moment for him is he has been you know thrust into that role and he really doesn't want it Um, so he's he's more than happy to step back out of the uh, uh, the leadership role but at the same time you know, people keep coming to him being like, hey, what do we do? Hey, what do we do? And he's yeah. like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And meanwhile, Kanina's like this greenhorn who is very young and naive to the world, but she wants to be in the leadership position because she thinks what everything she says is, you know, has validity and is important. And, you know, she's not wrong in some counts, but she has no experience. Yeah, she's she's lacking in, in experience, but not in the, the drive to want to be it. And yeah. and Rim has seen that and been like, I, I know you you mean well. But you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. And so it's like, I'm sure that will come up to buy her in the future, you know, with some choices that she makes and stuff like that. She's 
she's very charismatic. She's a good person, but at the same time, she like she's just very green to the world and she's stuff like naive that. Naive in certain things. Yeah. She she sees or wants to see the good in everyone she meets, whether or not that's there. Yeah. And then Ariel is all like, "Hey, Sensei." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like Nina. I love the relationship that is developed between her and Ariel since you were so hard to get close to in the beginning, and then we've just there's things like you know small things like you also I think were a supporter of Kanina and her decision to not fight during the whole kobold battle thing we had too like I think Nixie was a little bit on board too but I remember you you like were very vocal about not wanting to do it as well because we had this whole morality situation of attacking unarmed mm-hmm. kobolds I'm pretty sure I, I said fuck them yeah that's when uh, Ariel <laughs> wouldn't answer me yeah <laughs> I was like nah kill him yeah so you, just, you kind of started but then you were just like nah murder and then and then Ariel was a little bit more vocal about you know okay maybe we shouldn't be doing this and then it's just a bunch of farmers I think I got yeah. talked into it or something yeah and then I think you were the only one Karim, that I'm pretty sure yeah beat it into you yeah. Yeah. beat it into one of you I'm pretty sure someone got like taken care of e, well, there yeah, was something before Karim yeah that messed up and, and was Karim took sure away Karim a scout took someone like he took a to scout a corner away. and beat them for disobeying actually that episode is the episode where she gets smacked out of her armor because they for, did not see the bears entering the camp yeah and, and they then were supposed to what happened was that he took the scout and he sent him back to the um, to Riven we didn't know that because so basically it looked like Karim just vanished him. And um, so Kanina was terrified of him. She didn't let that fear back her down. She did not fight during the whole kobold scene. But when pull- Karen pulled her aside, she was feared for her life. Because <laughs> I was like, I remember saying in character two, that I was like, he's going to love me. He's going to disappear me. me. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I was just like, if I disappear, you know what happened. <laughs> but yeah, because uh, Kanina... This was one of the biggest conflicts with her moral character because I play Kanina as a very, you know, very justice oriented, you know, kind of sort of thing. She's not lawful good, by the way. I made her chaotic good, but I always play her as more lawful good because I've always kind of struggled with the clear cut, you know. She's definitely chaotic. She's She's definitely chaotic. You would have never got that wagon destroyed. Yeah, you still you do good things. But you don't always do them lawfully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Like you're always trying to do good in your own way. But basically the whole thing was just like uh, she is very reliant on Rem in a lot of ways. A lot of very reliant on Ariel. She's still forging bonds with Tempest, you know, but she's still not really in that position to, I don't know, go like lead anybody yet because she doesn't know what the heck she's doing. <laughs> so. And I, I just thought of this too. Because there is no original episodes, nobody really knows like how we all met, mm-hmm. and they don't even know the little the little snippets of Snorri, Snorri story <laughs> that we had when we. How do you really feel about it? <laughs> that we that we had. I mean, other than Tempest, Tempest was obviously introduced in recording, but they don't know how uh, Ariel arrived. They really don't know how you arrived, which has been talked about in game afterwards. That you've looked for Captain. Oh, what was his name? I know his name, just Captain not right Dwarfface. now. Dwarfface. Captain yep. Dwarfface. Thorstag. Is that correct? Thorstag DM? sounds right. Yes. <laughs> Again, no notes. So Captain Thorstag, which was never talked about. Does she win an inspiration for next game? <laughs> Good job. You remembered your mentor's name. Not a mentor. Uh, he, he was someone I got close with, like on the ship. On like I just made he, friends with him. He taught you. 
things. Well, and, and nobody knows the fact that Kanina arrived on a dwarven metal ship for a very specific reason. Because nobody wanted her on a wooden ship. So I, I think those are kind of the little things that like people like, you know, they, they've never heard it, so they don't understand it. But we as characters still all remember it, so we kind of talk about it. And those those inside jokes like can't put Nina on a wooden ship, <laughs> not without supervision. <laughs> Sometimes her iron grip of friendship gets a little spicy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but those are things that I think is funny. That it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if uh, or when the remaster comes out of, of those original episodes, that people are going to be like, oh. Now I get it. <laughs> Along that kind of note, too, with all the like wildly different characters that we've played, like, what would you say is kind of just something you value in playing a character? Like, what makes it fun for you? What makes you engaged in your character and that kind of thing? I'm actually going to call before we go into more questions because we're kind of getting into the Q&A section. We've been recording for about two hours, oh, wow. but we are drifting into the Q&A side of things. So I'm going to go ahead and call a break. Write down your question. Break for a minute here. Hey there, adventurers. Damien the DM just chiming in here to say that this is actually part one of what is going to be a two-part special as we were getting back on the mics to kind of get ourselves familiar with recording once again. What you've been listening to so far is what we are calling the history of Adventures in Aurelia, which as you've just heard, is kind of how the entire podcast got started and how we became friends and decided to do this whole actual play thing. The next thing that we're going to be releasing is going to be more of a direct Q&A episode, which we actually, of course, get way off track on getting into more in-depth conversations. But we actually have about another hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes of audio for that Q&A session. So we're going to go ahead and release that as its own separate episode in the feed. You're going to be getting that coming up in the next couple weeks. But also some fun news about the uh, this show coming back into things is we have actually already recorded the second episode of Arc 3 of the Aurelian Epic. And once I finish editing this Q&A episode, I will be going right into editing that. And we are definitely looking forward to getting new content out to you guys. And you can expect that before we get to the end of the year. So once again, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you a ton to all of our Patreon supporters. And make sure you come by our Discord at adventuresinarelia.com slash Discord. Or check out the monthly newsletter that we've got coming out at adventuresinarelia.com. We've been releasing a ton of kind of news about what's been going on while we've been on breaks. And we've also got a really exciting thing coming out soon. We were just able to commission some art thanks to the Patreon supporters, and we're super excited to be putting some of that Patreon money into getting new art done. And being in the Discord, the Patreon, and checking on the website are going to be the best ways to see that. Patreon is going to be the way that you can get all that stuff as sneak peeks during the draft processes. As we get new art done, we'll be sharing drafts to the Patreon-only Discord channels and on Patreon. And then, of course, once the finished art comes out, it's going to go on the website, go on the public Discord channels and get out there on social media. And I'm super excited to have some visual elements that we can start sharing with the world to help get Adventures in Aurelia out there. As you could tell, listening to us talk about this for the last hour and 15 minutes or so, all of us at Adventures in Aurelia really have a passion for what we're doing in the show and the content that we put out. And really the best thing that you as a listener can do to help support us is to 
share us with your friends, get our name out there. And though, of course, you don't have to support us on Patreon, supporting us on Patreon does allow us to do things like buy new equipment, buy new plugins, buy premium audio effects, and do stuff like this new art that's coming out. And I think for the next year or so, I'm going to be putting a lot of the Patreon funds to art just to help get the world of Aurelia to have a more visual element. So once again, I'm Damon the DM, and thank you all for listening, and thank you for the support.